The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. That's how we own it! What's good, family? I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we're your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets, streets and politics meet. We have a really, really powerful show today. Very. So we're not going to talk too much in our uh, intro where we just kind of kick the, you what know, you doing? Kick the Willie Bobo. How's it been going? You been good? Oh, you know me, man. You know, I'm putting up with it. Suck it, ducky. No, y'all's new thing that I love. I call Tariq my son, for those listening who uh, don't know who Tariq is, but you should, because I talk about him all the time. And I'm like, hey, man, which, what's up? What you doing? I haven't heard from you. You know, he lives on his own. He's in a different state. So I'm like, what you doing? I haven't heard from you. He's like, I'm just staying out the way, mother. That's like, it. Just out I the say way. I'm sucker ducking, man. Say he's staying I'm putting out. up with it. And so staying out the way means trying not to be the center of anyone's attention. Yeah, just staying out the way. You don't want want no drama. (laughs) You don't want hate. You don't want... You just want to stay in your own lane and but, your but own pe- world. But people say they stay out the way and they and they are the way of the problem. I just want that <laughs> to people, be acknowledged. Well, like you're staying out the way and yet you the are problem. the one. You are the one that's always getting on my nerves. Like, you know, like he, ha- I know I'm not supposed to talk too much, but I have to say he has a dog and I don't really like dogs. Mm-hmm. That's not my thing. First of all, I'm terrified of dogs. I think I'm getting better. It's kind of like I'm getting over it because no one else seems to care. Um, especially the people who have dogs that I tell them I'm afraid and they go, yeah, she's just going to just touch you a little bit and it's going, I don't want it on me at all. Not in the space. Don't sniff nothing. So I, that's not my thing. I'm not, I'm not a dog person, but he's got this dog and the dog is kind of cute. So I check the dog out. I look at the dog. I'm like, well, the dog's hair needs to be like something's done around the eyes or something because it feels like the dog's hair is in the eyes. He's like, yeah, I'm, I got it. I'm taking care of it. So the next day I call back. I'm like, let me see. Is the dog straight? He's like, what are you talking? I'm like, did you get the dog's eyes taken care of? 
Then two days, I said, okay, I'm getting ready to call them people, whoever it is that you're supposed to call to report folks that are not doing, doing the right the thing, right thing the with their dog. I'm calling those people because, and he's like somebody that doesn't like dogs has the audacity to be up in my business with me and my dog. But that's because I mind his business about everything. So now I'm the doggy grandmother. So, um, mind your business. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to try, but I'm the doggy grandmother. That is kind of cute. So now you didn't like the dog. I you think I should take the dog, the dog actually. What? Really? How did this, how did this story turn into? <laughs> I'm just It went from you don't like dogs to you advocating for the dog to your doggy grandmother. Dog. And now you should take the dog. Yeah, because he doesn't really know how to take care of a dog. Because you do. Well, you know, I know how to take care of a child. See? So the, you, the like dog babies. that you don't really like, you know how to take care of yeah, because you took care of a child. Yep. Okay. Our friend Jamila, she did the same thing to her son. Um, she took his dog, took Kai. You know Kai? She, she took Kai's dog. So now the dog that she has, that was Kai's dog. She went to Kai's house, found the dog, loved the dog. The dog, she brought the dog home and the poor man lost his dog. So this is a thing. Yeah. Mother's taking the kid's dog is a thing. <laughs> Love so that. anyway, the show today, though, is, um, you know, a, a really, really important one. We've been advocating for this young man, uh, Julius Jones, um, uh, who was on death row in Oklahoma. Our friend Irv Roland, um, you know, has asked us to support and we've been doing that. And today we're going to get brought up to speed on the entire situation uh, by his friends and other advocates and just people who've been working on it. So we want to give them as much time as possible. We're really dedicating uh, a long uh, segment in the show today to Julius Jones and the fight for justice for him. Okay. Um, so we're going to get to that quickly. My little thought of the day is also kind of like funny, but it's not funny. It's actually not funny. It's actually deadly. Why is it that people do not understand in a COVID world, a pandemic world, to stop talking in your face when they're taking pictures? You know, you take your mask off and you stand next to a person, you're trying to take the picture but because you want your face, but you really know you got to hurry up, put your mask back on. And instead of them saying, you know, well, instead of them just taking the picture, they're like, I just love you so much. And you just, and, but you right here. Back up. Well, you people want, you got fans. Nah, I go through it all the time. It's fans. Too listen, a lot of people, you are uh, inspiration to a lot of people. Some people, they lose themselves because I've watched people come up to you and be like, oh my God, you're Jamaica. And they don't, not even cognizant I want or conscious that. I, of what I mean, they're I, going on in right in that yeah, moment. And you know me, I, I want to talk to everybody. Yeah. I'm going to stop. I'm going to talk. I'm willing to take pictures. I, and I don't even like being on camera at all, but I will take a thousand pictures. I, I don't mind. I want to talk to people. I want to feel the people. What I am saying is that it is a time of COVID, pandemic, six feet distance. So if you and I are standing here taking a picture together, talk to the front. Let the air go this way. Do not turn your breath towards my face to tell me about my grandmother. You know, you have she, no idea how, how 
How serious that, you are. No, I, oh, I'm, oh. But they don't know. But this you know was what? even before COVID. Oh, the, was, of course it was. But I'm just saying, there's a reason for us to now bring it up. Because if I had said it before COVID, they would say, she's just re- weird and rude. But I really want to know. Then here's my second thing. What is wrong with men? Oh, you men? got it too far. Yeah, because it's oh. all, no, no, it's all the same thing. Okay. It's all the thought is, it's a lot y'all, going on the today. thought of the You've been day, thinking a lot today. The thought of the day is, would, would we please observe the six feet distance rules? And I think people don't know what that entails. I think they they only understand six feet, like you standing on a line and you got to be six feet apart. They don't understand that six feet mindset means don't breathe in my face, okay? Don't breathe over my food when we're sitting somewhere and we're all having dinner just because we don't we, we can't wear masks. Don't talk over my food. But you know what I don't understand about men, especially men, in this COVID crisis? Why do y'all still shake hands no. with people that... You just meeting on the street. People talk, yo, mice, it's good to see you. They see you on the street and they touching your hands. And then and you and you have those and you actually touch them back. It is the craziest thing I've ever. This is six feet. Six feet. That means do, and that's what I'm saying. There should be a rule thing. Cause I think people don't understand that six feet includes don't touch me. Don't touch me. We good. This COVID. Like, I'm serious. You touch people's hands all the time. And I didn't, like you said, even before COVID, because I watched the man, I told you, I watched the man scratching all over, doing all kinds of nasty stuff. And then he came right up to you and shook your hand and you was doing it up. And as soon as you turned around, I had that sanitizer squirting it all over, like cleaning you down. And you didn't even know. So I just want to know why y'all don't see this. Well, I think what it is is it's force of habit. You know, when somebody's been doing something for forty plus years, right? It's hard to just change that in a year and change. You know, it's hard for people. It's two to, years now. Well, whatever you say, it's hard for people to just say, you know what? I'm no longer going to just dat people because it's a sign of, you know, camaraderie, a sign of love, respect. People personalize. So I think. Most of us are still fighting, you know, to keep that connection, to keep. So this is not so a connection. It's not really a connection. When, yeah. you, when you do that to somebody, in my world, it really means I don't really fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Normally, when you do like, if you go like this to somebody and you go like that, it's like, yeah, just stay away. You cool. Yeah, because it's I don't, six feet. No, no, I'm just trying to tell you. I'm talking about the normal, what it meant. If somebody walk up to you to give you a hug and you go like this. But we but, didn't normally do that. I'm saying now. But I'm just trying to tell you that's not a term of endearment. It's not like I really, I'm good. Oh, what's up? Let me, I'm happy to see. It's not, it doesn't mean that. No, that means as soon as you do that to somebody that's anxious to see you, it throws them off guard. It's like, oh, okay. That person but why you don't say, because see, I have to say, because that's true. They look at me like, really? That's what yeah. we're doing? That's what we're doing? But I then hear when that you all say, the time. They say, that's oh, what we're okay, doing. And I say, COVID. Yeah. And six it, feet. And they, and they take it, but it still, it draws them back. And they're like, damn, I, I dreamt about this one time. I might be able to hug Tamika Mallory. Dream, nah, and there's no hug for Tamika. I'm telling you, you think you think you don't have fans? They're like, yo, I just want to shake her hand. There's dudes that come Supporters. up to me and like, yo, I love you. Like, you wanted my fa- I just wanted, I always say, yo, I just want to shake that brother's hand. And the time they get to shake their hand, I'm like, nah, COVID. 
Yeah. I'm just going to go and give because me some hand sanitizer. Because we trying to, you know why? And you know what I tell I'm people? I'm going to give me a little sanitizer. But you know what I tell people? I want to keep don't that. Don't get a little bit. My, for my fans, whatever it is, for my fans, I'm going to take a little handshake and, and wash my hands afterwards. you know that part of the thought of the day is also that sanitizer needs to go on the back side of the hand, all through the fingers, not just this right here. And, and every single day when you get This home, thought of a day is a lot. But it's so serious. No, it's, not, it's not that it's serious. It's that you are so serious. No. Every single day when you get home mm -hmm. at night, you think this cell phone is not Yo, the nastiest this right thing is that the German, you... This has oh, turned into the germaphobe um, episode of Street Politicians. We should have an episode This lady is so about every aspect of way that you uh, can transfer That's germ an episode, y'all. Germs. Because your cell phone, you touch this, you touch that. When the person shakes your hand, it's not like right then you cleaning yourself up. So then you touch your phone, then you do this, then you do that. Then you go to your house and Whoa. put the phone down. You go wash your hands. If you're listening, my head is in my and hand you, right you wash now. your hands and then you go back and get your phone. You can't see So the me same right now. germs go my on head is to in the my thing. Hand. All right, well, I'm gonna leave it alone, but I just want it the is. world to know that we're still in a pandemic. First of all, people just nasty anyway, but let's just go my with head the is pandemic. Still in my hands right now. And it's six feet. Six feet. And we're looking for a bubble for Tamika that just could surround us and no journey. Y'all, you think it's funny. But I just want you to know, okay, to be clear, let the record show. Yeah. That it's not just about me protecting myself. I could have COVID and I could give it to you. And then you take it because after you leave me, you're going to visit your mama, your grandmama, your kids, your this one and that one. And you could pick something up for me. So the six feet is not because Tamika is just being a germaphobe and phobe and being rude. It's really serious. Like this is a time when we really should be paying more attention to like ourselves. And I'm not finna be talking to folk that want to speak to me without their mask on in my face. Very interesting. Okay. Six feet. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? 
Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. So as we've been uh, saying today, we're focused on uh, folks who are unfortunately on death row. I mean, we've we've talked about in the past how I 100% do not support the death penalty because we're in a country where, you know, you just, you don't know. There's too many of our people who've been railroaded by the system for us to give this American government the ability to take life. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I was, we were saying, I don't know, I think we were debating it on the show when we were talking, well, we weren't debating, but we were discussing, um, you know, whether or not, yeah, because you told me that that I was right. Cause exactly. Because Mm -hmm. I said that that was last week, I think think, it was, yeah, no, it was was last last week. It was last week. Well, you were saying, I told you, I don't agree, but that if someone raped my, my daughter, it might be a problem for me. And you said, well, what if they raped your son? And it made mm-hmm. me think that, wow, that's true. You can't just say your girl and not consider also your son. But, you know, would I change my mind about the death penalty? And I think the, the conclusion is no. Still, at that point, I am not, you know, I, I don't support the death penalty. So um, we have been on our social media platforms and in any way that we can supporting a young man by the name of Julius Jones. Um, and we've learned of this situation because one of our Until Freedom brothers, um, someone who has been working with us very closely, uh, especially around the Breonna Taylor um, matter, um, is uh, Irv Rowland, who- Yes, our brother. Yes, he's an, uh, we always have our friends on Street Politicians, yeah. another friend. Um, and, you know, Irv came to us and said, you know, first of all, Irv is a big time Negro. So if people don't know, you know, Irv yeah. is he, Irv is big time. Yeah, he's big time. Big time, big time. Big, y'all talk about how big time he is later, but he's big time, big time. And so he was getting other big time people to get involved with this situation. And he came to us and, and said that Julius was on um death row and that he was fighting to um, you know, to to get him off. Right. And he's telling us the story and it really moved us. And we all said, let's do what we can to help advocate for this young man. And now we have come to the place where it's just in a few weeks. Right. A few weeks that he would actually be executed. 
I think so. I believe so. So I guess we're going to find out today because yeah, we'll I think that it's a few weeks that he, that they have to actually be able to um, stay the execution and make sure that this man lives. And we want to hear more about uh, Julius's story. We could tell it because, you know, I love to talk, but I think it's better that it comes from uh, his best friend, Jimmy Lawson. And then also of course, Irv is with us today. Who's a friend of Jimmy's and Julius's and then CC Jones, David, this, um, this, this woman is running the campaign to get justice for Julius, uh, but she also is a leader in her own right. And I'm excited to have all of them here to give us some marching orders so we know what to do over the next few weeks. And there's actually been um, some, in, some movement that is going in a positive direction. So we're going to learn all about that today. Yes, we are. Our guest today, how are you doing? Jimmy, CC, Irv, how are you doing today? We are well. Thank you all so much for having us. Yeah, appreciate you having us. Thank y'all, man. Thank you, man. You know, we, you know, unfortunately, under these circumstances, you know, we have to have you on the show. You know, it's, it's definitely not the best we want that someone has to fight for their life. You know, in, in a society where <clears throat> this justice system, injustice system, frequently makes mistakes. You know, so you know, it's sad that we have to have this conversation, but it's definitely needed. We want to utilize our platform to do whatever we can to save this man's life. So, Jimmy, you know, you've been here since the beginning. You know, this is your best friend. Could you give us, like, a play-by-play -play of from the beginning to, you know, some what to now? Like, what's, what's how this happened, what's going on, and just give us up to speed. Yeah, sure, man. First of all, I appreciate y'all having us. On oh, this amazing show, man, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Julius Jones is a, a gentleman from Oklahoma City. We were from North Side OKC, and uh, me and Julius have been best friends since the sixth grade. Uh, a little about who he is. So you know, he's from a, an amazing family with a two-parent home. Uh, what made it special for him and, and I? We were one of the only two families that had both our moms and dads in the household. Mm -hmm. That's important as I get along with the story. Uh, most of the percentage of Oklahoma City grew up with either grandparents or single-parent homes. The high school we went to was 99% African-American, so it was, a, it was a black school uh, on the side of town that was predominantly black. Uh, that's key. That's key. And uh, because I want to tell you a little bit about Julius the man and who he was as a young man coming through high school. So his mental capacity, Julius was one of these special dudes where he had this unique mental ability. Uh, what I mean by that, he was one of the first of two African-American males to graduate the top 10% of our class in high school. I was the other one. So we were we were lucky uh, to be able to garnish our academic side, and then we were both were basketball players as well. So that was a unique dynamic, dynamic because I'm building this picture of how much character Julius has, his foundation, his background, his values, his work ethic, right, and kind of where we are now. So coming out of high school, he is a full academic scholarship recipient at the University of Oklahoma. In the back in the 90s, if you don't know about, everybody knows OU football, right? So back in the 90s, the demographics of OU was almost 95% white. Only African-American people on campus was football and basketball players. Julius Jones was one of the first to get an engineering a major scholarship. So he was breaking the mold 
right, for something that wasn't even being done at the time. So it kind of shows you the character and the mental capacity this, this, this brother had. So he goes to OU. Uh, I go up to Grambling State University to play college ball down there. We reconnected in 1999, and he noticed, I noticed that he started hanging around a dude we went to high school by the name of Christopher Jordan. We called him Westside. Now, Westside was the exact opposite of me and Julius. He comes from a different background, raised by his grandma, wannabe gangbanger. So really, me, Julius, and Westside really didn't have nothing in common besides basketball. So it, I found it to be kind of odd that Westside and Julius started hanging around a little bit. Um, I didn't think too much of it because we were, again, playing ball at some of the rec centers and things like that. So as we got along into the summer of 1999, on July 28th, right, I'm sitting at home watching the news and come across the news that this white gentleman by the name of Paul Howell gets murdered in Edmond, Oklahoma. I want to build a picture real quick, a little bit about what Edmond, Oklahoma looked like, which is a suburb of Oklahoma City. Back then, it was more predominantly 95% white. So the mantra in that particular city was, a white guy gets killed. Oh, it's probably got to be a black guy who did it. Right? That was the mantra of back then. So right off the bat, media was going crazy. We're looking for a black suspect. Even though the facts wasn't even really pointing to a black person, it was because not a murder in Hammond. It's got to be a black suspect, right? So, so things went down. And a few days later, Christopher Jordan uh, gets apprehended. And then you know how the system is, right? When the first one gets to talk, some crazy stuff starts to happen, right? So they get to Christopher Jordan first. You start squealing. Our district attorney in town, Bob Macy, right off the bat said, whoever is guilty for this, death penalty right off the bat. So I think what happened was, you know, Westside got apprehended. He got scared. And he said, uh, uh. I was driving Julius shot him. So that's how Julius Jones kind of got tied into this particular case, right? No relation, not at the scene, nothing like that, no evidence. So it was really West Side that got scared, tied Jade into it, and then voila. Now we're sitting at trial, right? And they are shooting for the death penalty for Julius. West Side's corroborating the story. We had a couple of informants that also played a major role into the case that we didn't even know was part of the ball game until we're sitting at trial. So you got a guy by the name of Liddell King and Kermit Lottie. These two in particular individuals had some other pending cases on their own that we didn't know as a family that was playing a tributary factor about them being an informant. So all these side deals was going on behind the curtains and we didn't even know, we didn't even know. So one major point that changed the dynamic of the case before we went to trial is that our original trial attorney passed away. He had a heart attack. So a couple months before trial, boom, he's gone. We spent some money. So our last resource was to get a public defender, right? So we go to trial. These two particular public defenders, guess what? It's their first ever death row case. No experience. One was straight out of law school. right? So now we got the highest profile case in Oklahoma County in probably 20 years, and we have rookies as our as our defense. Mm -hmm. uh, that was that was strange and unique, right? And the vibe in the courtroom was you got an all-white jury at the time, right? White judges, white prosecutors, everybody looked different than us. Uh, that was my first time being exposed to this system. You read about it, you saw it on TV, but when you're sitting in it, 
you're like, hey, this is uh this is not like TV. <laughs> right? This is this is totally different. Real life. Than what Real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is like really at the moment where they're gonna decide that they're gonna try to put my best friend to death. And he mm-hmm. wasn't even tied to the case. So, so they he wasn't even tied to the case. Yeah, you know, all the all the buildup for how they were trying to tie Julius into it was miraculous within itself. We were very confused of how we even got to that point because uh, their preparation was really all about Westside, right, trying to corroborate Julius. So we were like, uh, so Westside had all these details and stuff. Don't you think Westside really has something to do with it, right, and not Julius? So that was kind of strange. So the proceedings started in court. Our public defender, on our time when we had to make our defense, does the impossible. Mindful, Bob Mason, the county district attorney, spent two or three days providing why Julius was guilty. So now we finally had our chance to make our presentation. Guess what this guy does? He stands up and says, uh, we rest our case. We're, no. like, We're like, wait a minute. No, no evidence? You didn't call Julius to the stand? You didn't call me the family? You didn't even pro- provide pictures about what the shooter looked like by Paul House sister? You didn't even, you didn't even do that. So no. we were like, oh, you know how you take a little air balloon, you let the air out. That's, <laughs> that's what it felt like in the court. Like we were watching live and direct, Completely right? Different. This system in our defense put on no defense. And then they're about to make a decision to try to put my best friend to death. So of course, what happens, we get to the, to the day of the, um, of the reading of the, um, of the verdict. They convict them. They come out with the announcement that they're going to shoot for the death penalty. Boom, death penalty. You know, being 19, 20, 21 at the time, um, that was a feeling, right? I, I felt like I had, a, I had a throw up. My head was hurting, right? It's like I was dreaming, man. I was watching my best friend who had such an amazing, promising future, right? Now yeah, getting chained on Yeah, and walked off the death row. It's like one of those bad horror movies uh, that you don't want to be a part of. How so, long has he been on death row? Uh, 22 years now. 22 years. That's right. 22 years. Mm-hmm. And and wow, 22 years. So how old is he? 41. 41 years old. Wow. I just, you know, just listening to that story, being convicted, falsely convicted, I've just listened and shared so many of those similar stories you know i had an attorney that just listening to his defense for me when there was nothing to tie me to anything just listening to his lack of defense for me and it just really was weird you know i i I was shocked like i was sitting there like this is it like they don't have anything there's nothing there's nothing that ties me anything it's my word against somebody else's word there's nothing i don't have no prior history nothing and i'm sitting here watching these people pretty much orchestrate something to, to railroad me, you know, and I'm listening to you and then this, this promising young bro, I had a promising career, this promising young brother, engineering and um, athletic ability, all of these things, promising life is really pretty much railroaded because somebody had to be found guilty of this right. crime that happened to this white person. It's just like, it's sad, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So so, Irv, you know, maybe, well, let, let me leave you, um, Irv, for a moment. 
Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. That's how we own it. So let me just ask you, Cece, after yeah. all these years, like when do you get involved? Okay. Um, and how does this situation become nationally known where people are fighting for Julius all over the country. Yes. So I moved to Oklahoma. Um, I'm from Virginia. I moved to Oklahoma, um, in 2016. Um, my husband got a job there. I had been working with the Obama administration for seven years. Prior. So my, my goal, I'm a, I'm, I'm a minister and I've always worked at the intersections of social justice and faith, right? My goal when I went to Oklahoma was to take, sit down somewhere and take care of my, my little ones. Um, but I, I learned about Julius Jones a couple years after I moved there. And I learned about him through The Last Defense, which Viola Davis and her husband, Julius Tennant, produced for ABC. And I was, I mean, I was torn up. 
about what I saw. I saw Jimmy on that documentary talking about his friend. I saw the Jones family and I was just, you know, I was just crushed and I, I just, I was not going to be able to be in Oklahoma, pay taxes, grocery shop. Mm. I wasn't going to be mm. able to make it in Oklahoma knowing that, that this black man is on death row and we're going to kill him, you know? And so, um, I watched the documentary the next day I called, I, I, I Googled his attorneys, um, got in touch with them. Uh, I eventually was able to connect with the family. And from there really just started to community organize. You know, I didn't have a background right. in criminal justice reform or, or Oklahoma's laws or nothing like that. But um, I did have a background in just learning how to speak up for the poor and the defenseless. And I wanted to do whatever I could do, use whatever skill sets I had. So I just had a lot to, to learn along the way. You know what I mean? But we make the way by walking all the time. So mm -hmm. that's what we had to do in Oklahoma. Um, and the first couple of years, you know, between the family and Jimmy and me and, you know, just those who were concerned, we've just had this, like this grit that, you know, and this determination that we were just not going to let it go. And there were so many people who wouldn't take our meetings, wouldn't return our phone calls. Um, I, I can't even tell you, um, but you know, so what were you all, what were you all trying to get done? Were you saying yeah. you want a new trial? Like yeah. what were you? Okay. So in the beginning we were asked, I was asking for a new trial. I contacted the district attorney several times and I said, listen, this was not even your case. This is this was 20 years ago. This was not even your case. Look at what has come out, right? Since, since this prosecution, um, can't, this man needs a retrial. It's in your power to do that. He would not return my calls. He would not return my emails. And eventually he sent word through my pastor to tell CC Jones Davis to shut up. I don't want to hear anything from her. The only thing that she and other faith leaders can do is to pray for Julius soul because he's going to fry. Right. And who said that? This is the attorney of Oklahoma County. Wow. So, um, you know, so we knew that that wasn't going to be an option, right? We knew that this man was not going to even be open to Julius in any kind of way. And so the goal was really to do what we could to use the last defense as a tool, right? And to let everybody see it, everybody know it. And so right. we, we were on every podcast we could get on, even if it was only two folks listening to us, you know, right. we were on right. every radio station. We were, we were holding community meetings. Um, and really what, what kind of took us over the edge. I'll tell you, let me say this. If it had not been for God, we would never have made it. Okay. I need to really, really mm -hmm. say that because, mm -hmm. um, it's nothing but the truth. Um, but in January, right before the pandemic, just mercy had come out the movie and I did, um, some private screenings of just mercy because there were so many similarities, right. And Julius's case and Mr. McMillan's case. And after that, I was able to connect with Scott Butnick, who was the producer of the movie, Just Mercy. Right. He learned about, um, you know, I was able to let him know about all of this. So he connected me with Represent Justice, which is his, like, he sits on the board for this nonprofit out of California that focuses on criminal justice reform nationally. Um, and it's a, a product of the movie, Just Mercy. And from that point, things really took off. But let me even go back. One of the other things that we did was to form a coalition of people because I knew that it wasn't going to be one, two or three people. We were going to have to have a massive amount of folks 
you know, on social media, writing letters, et cetera. So we formed the, the Julius Jones Coalition. And those people, particularly a woman named Terry McCarthy, she wrote Kim Kardashian 30 letters. I don't know how she found an address. She wrote her 30 letters telling her about Julius Jones. Mm. I connect then with Scott Butnick. And from there, Representative Justice says, we will take this on as a campaign. Mm. Literally, Representative Justice gave us wings. We were running as fast as we could run. We were moving as, we were doing everything we knew how to do. We were moving as fast as we could move. But once they came along and gave us an infrastructure, we were legit. We were out in the streets in in a massive, serious way. And so for the last year, you know, that is how that kind of support is how we have gotten, you know, over 6 million signatures on a change.org petition, mm-hmm. you know, 150,000 letters to the partner parole board and the governor so far, um, you know, just a massive, just a massive effort, but it has taken, I'm going to, and then I'm going to shut up, but it has taken everybody at every level, every level it's taken what we would consider the small voices then the medium-sized voices, then the big voices with the big platforms. It has taken every single group of people from every single place to build what I call a human chain to pull Julius Jones out of Oklahoma's criminal justice system. Well, that's what it takes, man. It takes, you know, everybody doing whatever they can, you know, to speak up and stand in a gap for justice. You know, since this case has happened, you know, it's happened over 22 years ago, has there been new developments or any new information? You know, I know that you guys are trying to get a new trial for Julius. Yeah. What new so, developments so you, you have? Okay. Let me tell you what is egregious. What yes. is egregious is that four people have come forward to say that that um, the, the co-defendant, Christopher Jordan, has, has bragged, confessed, admitted over the years to being the killer to four different people who have no incentive to come forward, who don't know Julius Jones, who don't, you know, who don't know each other. And the state of Oklahoma said, we don't believe you because you have a past and incarcerate, you know, you're, you used to be incarcerated because you don't have money because you are brown or black. We don't believe you. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it has been, it has taken a massive effort and it continues to just humanize Julius Jones. So that's why it's important. Right. That is why it's important when Jimmy talks about his background, who he was, how he grew up, how smart he is, because, you know, these folks don't believe that black and brown people are anything other than criminals. Mm. And so, and so when those four folks came forward to say, yeah, this man has bragged for years, that was the merits of that have never been considered in Oklahoma. When a juror came forward over the years and said, Hey, there was another white juror. And this was a white, these were two white jurors. There was another white juror who called this man an N word uh, during, during the trial said, let's, this is a waste of our time. Let's just take this N word to the back of the court and shoot him and get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's been a mess. It's, it's real life. It's real life racism. Um, Classism. you know, structural yeah. racism. Yeah. The systems are guilty. Yes, that's right. It's just very, it's and 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 you and you or I could get caught up in it just like that. Just like that. For right. reasons that are even less than the reason Julius is in this situation, right. you can find yourself in the system. So I think it's a fight 
for all people to come together. You talked about the big names of people who started to come and, you know, people start getting involved and, and, you know, and, and, and speaking up on Julius's behalf. And one of those people, um, is our brother Irv and Irv. I know you also keep in touch with Julius and you talk with him. Um, and I'm just, you know, I, I, what, what does a man say that's on death row to you? And, and what are you, what are your conversations with him as well? Man, it, it's, it's so crazy. Um, you know, I'll be as brief as I can, but like, as I go through my day-to-day -day life and I'm complaining about nonsense, the weather, uh, my car being whatever. And Julius calls me obviously knowing his situation and he's so full of life and energetic and upbeat and mm -hmm. positive. I got to slap myself in the face. Like he's asking me, you know, about shoes coming out. He's asking me about the games, um, you know, who's playing, who, who you think is going to win. And he's so positive and full of life and so energetic. And, um, you know, it's, it's really inspiring to be honest. Mm. Does really he believe is. that he's going to be free? Man, he, he calls me even before, um, you know, yesterday and the hearing and stuff, when he calls and we talk his first, one of the first things he always mentions is how he, we need to hurry up and get his situation over with. So he can, we can start helping other people. He wants to immediately get out and start helping you. That's mm -hmm. his thing. Like, I need to get out. I got to help these young people. I got to help inspire this new generation and make sure they don't go down the wrong path. And, you know, uh, Jimmy and I have always been, you know, pretty close. Um, you know, we played on the same AAU team growing up. And so I knew Julius when I was really small. And, um, you know, growing up, Julius played football and basketball. He might tell you he was better at one than the other. But me and Jimmy, we played on the same AAU team. They're, they're both a year older than me. And so we've always been in contact. But I had heard about, you know, the situation. I was in high school when it happened. And I had kind of lost touch with everything. You know what I mean? And so when the last defense came out, that's when I got reconnected and re-energized and everything. And then Cece, uh, you know, her husband works in the NBA like I do. So, you know, we were connected. Me and Jimmy started talking and I'm like, yo, I got to do everything I can because obviously we're on the front lines for so many people that we don't know. And so I've known Julius for so long, so I had to get out there and, and do mm -hmm. my part. Wow. So, that, you know, that's amazing, man. It is a testament of the person you are, man. Since we met you, you know, your heart, your mind, your will for justice, you know, just always pushing, being inside the NBA, you always were pushing athletes to stand on the right side of justice, to speak up, utilize their voices. So that's a testament to who you are. So you spoke briefly about the decision that was given Mm -hmm. um, could you give us, you know, update or understanding of exactly what it is? Cause some people don't understand what does it mean? What do we need? What's the next steps? And, you know, just give us an update of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back and forth with Jimmy with this. Um, so basically, um, I was able to fly home, be with the people and we sat and listened to the hearing for between the partner parole board. And, you know, it was tough. It was heavy, um, because you had to listen to the Howe family recount their memory of the events of that day. And so, you know, his daughters, they were in the car. So they telling us, you know, what they saw. I think they were both like five and six years old at the time. Mm -hmm. um, his sister who was in the car as well, they're telling us everything that happened on that day. And it, it was tough to listen to. And um, so then, you know, Julius aside, got to talk 
you know, his lawyers, they did an amazing job. And so basically the pardon and parole board voted to commute his sentence. So they voted three to one to commute his sentence. So now it goes to the desk of our governor, Governor Stitt. And now he has to take the recommendation of the pardon and parole board to go ahead and commute his sentence. Am I, am I saying that right, Jimmy? Yeah, so, you know, in the state of Oklahoma, I'm going to backtrack real quick and tell you kind of how we got here and what that means. So, of okay. October 2019, the only recourse we had left for Julius was a petition before the pardon and parole board, only because the state of Oklahoma denied Julius three times. So, over 15 years, I was preparing appeals along with some other people. I mean, we were, like, doing pro bono work, right? Uh, I've got a law background, so I'm diving in with it. And what struck me about the system before I get there was the appellate process is designed to try to pro provide relief. However, you cannot introduce new evidence in an appellate process. Nope. So here we go. How can I get a new opportunity for a new trial if you're not going to allow me to introduce the new evidence? So by protocol, a defendant on death row has a it's like one in 100 million chance of getting an approval for an appeal. So what happens across America is you got all these guys that are wrongfully convicted. They can't get an appeal because the protocols at the state level don't allow you to even introduce the new evidence. So we knew that. We got denied three times. October 2019, boom, we filed for clemency with the Pardon and Parole Board. Oklahoma is one of eight states that has a separate entity for pardon or parole board, then the final approval with the state governor. Texas doesn't have that. It's different. So some states have a one-stop shop, which is the governor's office. Oklahoma is split. So the recommendation is provided by the PPB. Then it goes to the governor for final approval. So what happened was we set that date. They gave us a March 2nd or March 2021 date for our first stage for commutation. Commutation is a fancy word for a we're not really admitting if you're guilty or innocent, but we're going to give you credit for your time served and you can go home. Mm. So we'll do that first and then we'll go back and do a pardon to erase the guilty plea. So it's kind of a two-step process. Our job, my job was like, we got to get you out of jail. So let's go. Right. We'll go, right. Through, <laughs> we'll go through the commentation process. So we passed the first stage in March, which in Oklahoma, no death row inmate has never passed the first stage in the history of Oklahoma. So mm. right then and there, we knew we was on the brink of history, right? Okay, so they set a secondary hearing. So the way the process works, you get first, you pass. The second hearing, they vote for either yes or no for your release. That first meeting was in March. The second meeting was scheduled for June 2021. The state of Oklahoma waits till a week before our secondary hearing and then files motions to try to eliminate it. So what do they do? They counseled it, pushed it back to September. We're like, here we go again. Well, we can't even get in because the state of Oklahoma is doing all these procedural roadblocks, right? Yeah, maneuvering. So, so let me keep going. So as we're getting closer to September, voila, the impossible happened. So uh, uh, the last week of August, our new attorney general, Attorney General Connor, does the impossible. He files a motion to set execution dates for seven death row inmates, including Julius Jones. We're wow. like, how could you set a date with a guy who has a pending hearing? <laughs> right? So that blew us out the water. However, 
in the state of Oklahoma, Court of Criminal Appeals has to approve and confirm requested execution dates by the Attorney General. See, that was God's blessing because the OCCA did not confirm or accept those dates. So now we got a chance to keep going with that September, thing, September 13th hearing. Uh, so once we got there, all we needed to do was have an opportunity to provide all the evidence, all the stories that we never had a chance to do in 1999, and uh, we were going to be in good shape. So going into it, we knew we had an amazing chance uh, to make history only because, A, the prosecutorial side was so out of whack because the original DA died already. So mm -hmm. all the stuff that they provided back then wasn't really available. They had to rebuild, if you will, uh, the case against Julius. So, man, God worked an amazing way uh, at the hearing. Uh, again, like Irv said, the prosecutorial went first. They were stabbing, 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 and the Howe family does their thing. Everybody's crying, and uh, which I get it. You know, when you lose someone, yeah. But what we were trying to promote is that you know, justice for Julius is justice for Paul Howell, right? Because mm -hmm. Julius wasn't the right suspect. So, uh, as Irv said, they voted. 3-1 uh, in favor for Julius Jones' commutation. Again, that's a fancy word for thank you for your time served, and we will release you. So now we're at the point now that Oklahoma state law gives us 60 to 90 days for Governor Stitt to either sign or deny the uh, commutation request. Wow. So, so based on what you said, which you know is mm -hmm. a blessing in itself, um, based on the um, parole board's findings and um, their decision, what is the, the likelihood, you know, based on prior history of the, the governor going with the decision of the board? What is that? So here's the, here, that's, a, that's a very amazing question because it's tricky. Uh, we have never had a commutation second hearing provided to the governor. The last one we had was in the 19, 1980s. Uh, that was a total different type of case. But what's positive about this opportunity is the board members who voted yes were personally appointed by the governor's state. So that tells me we have an amazing chance of him accepting the recommendation. Like, like me putting Irving, you on my board and you give me a recommendation. I'm probably going to go with that because I put y'all on the board. <laughs> yeah, because you trust, you trust, trust them. So, so it's not because I was, I, I'm, I was mistaken. I thought it would just get him off death row and he still might have to serve, I don't know what, in prison. But I guess that doesn't make sense because he was sentenced to death, right? So that means that if you commute the sentence, if it's to stop the execution is to stop the sentence completely. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, the proper, I think the proper term is uh, commutation with life with parole. So when you have life with the possibility of parole on this Oklahoma state law, ah, okay. that's 20 years and he's over 20 years. So he's automatically eligible for release. Wow. Mm. I mean, and so it, you know, which it's going to be great. The governor is going to sign it. Amen. There's going to be a major celebration. You all are now going to be a new uh, group of people working on these cases. So you might as well, anything else y'all are doing, CC Irv. Uh, and Jimmy, that job is over with. It's now going to be all about getting you all to help work on cases for people who are on death row. Um, and certainly, we want to be we want to be there to support. But in the event that the governor doesn't sign, um, would it be 
just in a few weeks that he would actually be executed? So here's the confusion about the execution date. So the, execu the execution date is not confirmed. So currently uh, okay. there is not an execution date. It was only a request by the attorney general. Uh, so the good thing is that all those seven people that he was trying to get an execution date for does not have an execution date. So the question was, okay. if he gets denied, what's our next step? If he gets denied, then he'll have an opportunity, what we call a clemency hearing, uh, which would take place about 20 days once a execution date is confirmed. Once it is confirmed. Wow. Well, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm, my, my mouth to God's ears that, you know, we don't even have to go to those stages. You know, it's, it's just unfortunate, just listening to this, right? The fact that you can issue a death penalty to someone when there is a doubt, there's mm -hmm. evidence, there's anything right, right. that can point to the fact that this person has the possibility of not even being guilty of the crime. You know, and a lot of these crimes, I don't even think they are worthy of someone being put to death in in the first place. Well, when, one, if it, you know, if, you know, not to say that we agree with the death penalty, yeah. but another person's life was taken. Yeah, and I, and I, so, I'm not saying, I'm not, I didn't and, say I'm not understand what you're saying. Right. What I'm saying is there are a lot of cases that death penalty that there is not unequivocal evidence. Right, I agree. You understand? Oh, equivocal. Unequivocal. <laughs> Oh, equivocal means it could be yeah. right, could be wrong. Ah, right. see? Yeah. This podcast is all about us learning, we learn. teaching, and learning together. So, and my song makes up words. But yeah, do that. Just everybody knows. I'm a word Makes up words. This is what I do. So, yeah. yeah that's what so, I do. So, I was trying to. I was, so, yeah, there's not, there is not absolute or unequivocal exactly. evidence, evidence. And these people are actually being murdered this exactly. way. It is so crazy. You know, so I'm, 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 I'm praying. You know, I believe that the work has been done. Yeah. I believe that um, Julius' debt to society has been paid for whatever. If he didn't do anything, then, you know, whatever it is, it's God's plan. You know, I, that's what I always said when I was incarcerated for a crime that I didn't commit and I sat there in prison. It just prepared me for the time we are in now. Another young brother, he was just released after serving 24 years for a crime wow. he did commit, but nobody actually even was hurt in that crime. And they had originally sentenced him to 35 to 70 years, and he just received clemency, and he had the same you know, positive energy that you're yes. telling us that Julius Jones has. He wanted to come home and and he hit the ground with that same mentality. So I'm just praying. I see I see the writing on the wall and I, I believe that we're going to get a blessing with this, man. You know, I just want to say, man, you know, I commend you on the work, man. Irv, you know, even being somebody in the NBA, you know, having a profile, having, you know, a fabulous life, doing, you know, what you love to do, you always come down for justice, man. Like we met you in Kentucky. You just flew out there and was like, what you need me to do? Hands on the ground, you know, just, Hey, whatever I can do. And you've been that person since, you know, since I met you and continues to see you move in that space, man. And knowing that God has a purpose for you, you know, your skill set. you know, like they say that your um skills will provide your purpose, man. Mm -hmm. and, and, and your purpose is, informing, utilizing that platform that you have, utilizing the relationships that you have to bring voices to people like Julius and, and people like Breonna Taylor. You know, you were always advocating with these athletes and letting them know that they had a moral responsibility That's right. to stand on the side of justice, man. So continue doing your work, brother. 
We salute you, give you your flowers while you're here. Appreciate Congratulations you, on the new job. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, with man. the Utah Jazz, man. You know, I seen you working. Uh, you know, I know how hard you work, man. So I just want to salute you for that as well. Man. What's your official title, Irv? Yeah, so I'm an assistant coach with the Utah Jazz, man. Uh, wow. It's actually my first day in the office, so I just left workouts. That's why I still got my little gear on. But I just left workouts, come in a little office, duck off and, and rap with my people. But now I appreciate y'all having me. Y'all have to cheer for us this year, and we're going to keep doing guys work. Yeah, right. I just God's became work. a basketball Can't fan. Can't wait to get my Utah Jazz swag. <laughs> I'm going to put you up. My tickets and all. I'm going to need everything. I got you. I got well, you. Well, yeah. let me just say, as you all leave, that it, I want y'all to be my friends, right? Mm -hmm. Because if ever I'm in a situation, the you know way that right. Jimmy and you, Irv, are fighting for Julius. And of course, Cece, while she may not have known him, uh, yeah. she jumped in and she's become probably more of a friend to him than many people that he grew up with. Those are the types of friends that we yeah, need. People who would dedicate their lives. And I can tell Jimmy by listening to you that over the years, you've actually educated yourself on the issues to the point where you could be a lawyer. Um, I mean, you, you know, you sound like you now know so much about this system. And so together you all make a powerful team. And we just want to say thank you for what you're doing for Julius and know that anything we can do to support, anything. we are here. And, and we believe, we believe that it's already been written, um, that it's, it's necessary for Julius to come home because the work that he has in front of him is bigger, so much bigger than any of us could even understand. Stand. And so that's what we all so are sure out, of. Tell everybody on our show, reach out to the governor, man. Yeah. Tell him that, you know, do the right thing, man. Let Julius, you know, continue his life and utilize the rest of his life to do the good work that he was put here to do, man. Yeah. That's a fact. Thank y'all. Jimmy. We appreciate you, Jimmy. Man, we appreciate it, man. We encourage uh, our, the viewers to go to www.justiceforjulius.com. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Go say that again, Jimmy, because I was trying to see you on the screen. Go. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, I want to encourage all the viewers to go to www.justiceforjulius.com. We've got a pre-drafted letter that you all can type in your information. It is sent straight to Governor's office. Flood his office. Flood his office. Flood his office. But yeah. don't call up to his office cussing him out oh, and writing crazy. dirty emails and stuff. Cause sometimes yeah. we have yeah. to do that, right? Yeah. Sometimes we have to do that. But in this situation, we want to believe that the governor is going to do the right thing. And so you're calling as an advocate to it's give him encouraged. some encouragement mm -hmm. so that he can do it, uh, what is right and just. So to be, be careful people, how you talk to the governor right now. That's right. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, we need him to be mad. We need him to realize the right thing to do is let Julius go. So just advocate for him. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, right. we're standing on God's promise, man. We appreciate That's that right. God has promised yeah. that he's going to do some amazing things for Julius. And Julius is going to do some amazing things for this state and this for this nation. Uh, so we're standing on it. We're believing. And we ain't going to let go. Oh Amen. man, ain't gonna let nobody turn us around. Don't Amen. get us up. Don't get us shouting get up us in here today. <laughs> right. 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 Thank you. Love y'all, man. I holler y'all later. Love you so much. Appreciate Thank y'all so much. So Julius is coming home. Yes. He's From your mouth to God's ears. I'm just pretty sure of it. I you know, believe I just, so too. It's like 
you know, all these steps that you hear them saying they, they took this step and that step. They did everything all, right. Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. coming to this moment where I think he's going to be released. It's the same energy that I heard Dante give. Like, he was like, you know, I just want to come home. I want to help these young kids. The same exact thing. That, so, you know, I just believe we're in a season for God to do something different. For, you know, to empower us and give us some wins because we've taken a lot of losses. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to see some level of justice and, you know, and see it moving in the right direction. Like he said, you know, the governor appointed this These board. individuals. He, so he respects them, you know. So, you know, yeah. God willing, we're going to get what we're supposed to get. Yeah. I don't get what I don't get right now. You know, and, and it's like when we was talking about the death penalty and we're talking about crimes and people going to jail. You know, I've seen something in the news that that really just harmed and hurt me. It's so many weak individuals in the streets, you know. Um, and it was a guy who supposedly, you know, allegedly didn't get over his girlfriend. She got a new boyfriend. They pregnant, had a baby shower. She comes home from her baby shower. This happened in Harlem, you know, a few days, maybe a week ago. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, she comes home and the guy is in her hallway with a gun. Confronts her and her, and her new boyfriend. Her boy, him and the boyfriend get into a fight. She tries to break it up. He shoots her in the face and kills her. And I just don't understand the level of cowardice that comes with that. I'm, I will never understand this mentality, you know. And it's so it's becoming so much more prevalent in society to see things like this. You know, this woman who lost her life, she had two other kids and was pretty much about eight to nine months pregnant with. And she was nine months pregnant. She was nine she, months. Yeah, she was, she was about to give birth, they said, in about five days. And so I, that means nine months, basically, probably even before that, if she got pregnant, like she he she wasn't with you, bro. So like you, it's not even like she, this is just two is, days, three days in, two months in. This is almost a year of at least a year that we know of that she hasn't been with you. And, and and when I talk about coward culture, you know, I know a lot of people hear me say that, and that's what this is to me. It's just like, what in the mind of someone? you know, pushes them to want to harm somebody that doesn't want to be with you. To want to harm someone that is, you know, is a like a woman. How do you shoot a woman in the face because she's moved on her life? You know, and I think the culture has, and you know, you know, in this time, these type of people are being celebrated. No, they're not. They are. No, that's not. They true. are because they they put in stuff like this. People are recording and they putting on. Man, there was a guy nah, who hit a girl this. in the face with a, a, a what was a, a a board or something in Harlem and people a and they skateboard was, skateboard and they yeah. laughed about it and people you know what I'm saying yeah so, but those was kids I, I don't think anybody anyone is celebrating a pregnant woman's life being taken no, I'm not by saying, no. some man. But, I'm not saying that they're celebrating. So you're saying that they're celebrating a type of person that turns into that. Exactly. Okay. So that's that, that's it true. It's it's things that lead up to that, right? It's things that when you just celebrate the violence and senseless violence and you call it somehow savage and all of this and I'm a demon and all, that mentality leads to that. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. And we're celebrating a mentality and a, a characteristic within men who are supposed to, males who are supposed to be men that, you know, that gives the light to situations like this. So I really just don't get it. I think, you know, man, we got to do a lot better in our communities. You know, we have to stand up. I agree. You don't? No, I'm you struggling. Don't I'm struggling. What don't you agree with? It doesn't give light to situations like this. It does. Okay, so let me explain to you. What happens is I go on the internet. Mm -hmm. A girl is arguing with somebody. Mm -hmm. She gets loud. He slaps her. And he's like, oh, she said she shouldn't have gotten this face. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. If she, she a man, she getting a man's face, she deal with it, right? Same situation happens. A girl gets, she pushes a dude. He punches her. Like, Yo, she shouldn't have put his hands on her, right? So maybe she got in the middle of this. What happens is once you start saying, well, if that happens, then she deserved it. Or that happened, then she deserved it. The mind state of the individual starts to progress. So if she's in the middle and they fighting and she's trying to break it up and she pushing, she's like, get out of here, this and that. And he shoots her in her mind, his mind. Well, y'all said it wasn't nothing wrong with that. When they did this, everybody said she shouldn't have did this. Well, she pushed me or she did this. She deserved it. It gives, it gives some level of understanding to that. The mind state. Once you start saying, listen, at no point do you do anything to harm a woman. Right? At, at no point oh, is it okay for us to put our hands on women or do anything negative. You protect women and babies at all costs. Mm -hmm. Once that mind state becomes prevalent, becomes what society says, then you're not shooting a woman. For no reason. There's no reason that you... The, you fought the man and you end up shooting the woman and killing her. This yeah. is a... You understand what I'm saying? You got into a fight with the man and the woman is the one who got killed? Wow. So so that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it, it it's gives, heavy. It is. It's very heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's very, very mm -hmm. heavy. It's heavy. And, mm -hmm. you know, people have been raising the point that domestic violence is a real thing that we still... You know, I don't know how you stop it, you know, because the people have been arrested and received like real sentences, real time for domestic violence. People have taken the lives of 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 people who have harmed loved ones. Like there's been so many different forms of accountability. And yet still, still, you see that domestic violence is real. And I, I guess we all would have to say that it's a real serious mental health crisis in our community. And it, and it, and it's something sick to your point about people who even make any type of light about, you know, harming a woman or beating a woman or whatever. And we do see that. So I guess I understand what you're saying, yeah. but I just don't want to believe that there's anybody in the world that's okay with this. Well, you know what the sad part is? It is people that's okay with it. I'm not saying the majority are. But they're like sick, weird, weirdo nuts. Exactly. And what happens is the sick, weirdo nut is being celebrated in this culture. Mm -hmm. He's being uplifted. They they making it seem like, oh, he's a savage. He's a demon. You don't play with nobody. He'll shoot and do this. And that's what they go on. But I don't think they say he's going to shoot a woman. But anyway. I, they say I, anybody can get it. This is what they mind saying. That is true. They do say that. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about talking about things that well, are actually going on. Yeah, that you don't agree with me. 
<laughs> what actually are going on in our community that yeah. a lot of other people don't touch on. You know, there's no one topic, no one way. Well, they present it as news. It's like a news, like, and then this happened. So sorry, you know, rest in peace to the family. And that's it. But what we're trying to do is dig down to what, is it? Yeah. what is it about us that allows this to happen? And that's what we do. Cool. And you do it well. <laughs> You're not always wrong. I'm not always wrong. I'm not always right. But we both always authentic. Yeah. Peace, y'all. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.